Hey, hey, Michigan Maniacs. This is the Michigan Maniac Podcast, and I am your host, Adam Brewer. Before we get into this Get Off the Ledge episode, uh, let's do a little housekeeping. Um, one, I have a YouTube page. Go to Michigan Maniac Podcast YouTube page. I will be posting some new videos this week, hopefully. Might be a little delayed because my son is graduating from the Navy, Navy boot camp, and then going into Bud's prep and going on to be a Navy EOD specialist. So, uh, with that being said, I will be out of town uh, starting Thursday. Uh, but I will do the best I can to take my laptop and do some stuff while, I, while I'm out of town. Um, go to the U page. I'm the U page. The YouTube uh, page. Go ahead and subscribe there. Also, uh, we've got the Michigan Maniac Podcast fan page on Facebook, and also the Michigan Maniacs Podcast uh, Instagram page. All this stuff I create memes. I post anything about Michigan. Anything I find interesting. We get into some conversations. Sometimes we argue. Not much because I'm not willing to get nasty with some people about our team that we love. But overall, I love to talk about Michigan football every day, every day. Even if they fucking piss me off and they, I, they drive me insane. Um. So with that all being said, oh, before I go, also please go ahead. Wherever you watch, or watch, wherever you listen to Michigan Maniac Podcast, whatever platform that is, if it's uh, Apple Podcasts, if it's Spotify, if it's Spotify, please share to all your other friends so this way it gets a little bit more uh, traction, but also, uh, like iTunes, whatever, go to your platform, uh, rate and review, give us five stars, two stars, whatever, but just make sure it's intelligible, don't be a Buckeye fan and just spout out idiot nonsense uh two if you go ahead and leave a review please hit me up on my dms in my instagram or hell even hit me up on michigan maniac fan page on facebook let me know where you did it where what review or you know like what platform you left it on leave me your name your correct name because i won't leave your screen name and then also your address and i'll send out a free sticker you know, we start doing more of this. Maybe more cool shit will be sent out for free. Just let's get let's get this rolling, right? Also, uh, oh, the voicemail. I am accepting every ridiculous voicemail, funny, not funny. What I mean, anything your mind can come up with, I am more than willing to answer. I think it'll be fun. I want to create a whole podcast about it later this week. Okay, so please go to the to go to the. Uh, Whatever platform you're listening to, just go to the notes page. That'll have the link to the voicemail. Go ahead, uh, hit it up, and then leave me a voicemail. Everything's good to go. I also have left the link on the Michigan fan page and the Instagram page. So go ahead and look those up and find it. It'll be a lot easier that way. Now let's get into this. This is Get Off the Ledge episode. And I say this for all our Michigan fans and me, (laughs) especially me. Because I went bonkers in that last episode, which I think rightfully so. Uh, I get it. I get that we played Army, right? And uh, if you were to ask me before we played Army, what, if I were to go crazy or if Michigan were to let us down, in what way would they have let us down? And I would have told you it would have been the defense. Not because I don't think our defense is any good. It's because Army presents an interesting 
uh, defense. <laughs> they have a triple option, which I found out they only do about 4% of the time from listening to Don Brown. But they have so many other fantastic different ways of running that ball, right? And that's something that you don't see when you're a major Power 5 conference. You don't see the triple option or option or any type of power running game like Army presents. And it's not like you get a 50% execution of that offense. Because they are a service school, and especially Army, they do it to the best of their ability every play. Every play. Because if they don't, in their minds they die because guess what? They're in the Army. They go in and they bust down doors in the most evil places on this earth and defending our freedom, or whatever you want to believe our army does or our military does. But they're out there. They're facing down bolts. They're facing real enemies. They are really going into war. So when they go onto the football field and they execute, they execute to the 100% of whatever they have available in their system. So you're just not getting a half-assed job. You're getting 100% of every single one of those players on that team, and they act like a true team. That's why it's hard to beat this team. Exactly why it's hard to beat this team. So I would assume that our defense was going to be the one that suffered. Because that offense is meant to wear down defenses no matter what you do. But the glowing, the glow, the one glowing part of this whole thing, other than Zach Charbonnet, the smack daddy, was our defense. Our defense held them to 200 total rushing yards. And 243 total yards. That's the lowest output Army's had in like four years. Two to four years, depending if it's 2015, 2017. There's some discrepancy on which teams, bowl games, bowl, whatever, right? Either way, two years or four years, that's still pretty good for a team that executes at 100% every time they run the ball. So, where did we go wrong is exactly what I've been thinking. And then, after watching the Michigan Army game, you had to sit back and watch the rest of college football play. And there was one game that really, really stood out. And only because uh, there was such a, uh, a drastic, uh, like, start, uh, like, oh, God, I'm losing the word here. But there's a difference to how LSU played last year to how they played this year, right? And I know it's one game, or yeah, it's just one game. It's only been two games in the season, but still, Joe Burrows was masterful in how he ran that offense, and their offense is similar to ours. It's not exactly, obviously, because they have different play callers and different kind of uh, theory on how you do it. But in general, it's close to ours. And what they said was Joe Burrows took at least a full year to a full season. Now, that includes all last season and the offseason going into this one to fully understand all the ins and outs of that offense. Okay. So, with that being said, right, and Joe Burrows, by the way, Against Texas, a very legitimate uh, Big 12 school, he had he was 31 out of 39, 471 yards passing and four touchdowns. That's phenomenal. We would our heads would explode if Shea Patterson ever did something to that magnitude. Um, but what was said was, so okay, so we know it took. 
Burroughs a year. And we saw the, the semi-struggles that LSU had against true competition last year, especially Alabama included, right? We saw that uh, because they couldn't play from behind. They needed a lead, a lot like what our Michigan offense was last year. So with that being said, that leads to what went wrong with Michigan against Army. And my thing is, First of all, it's obvious. You go three out of four of the first drives we have and we turn the ball over. Okay. That's all Shea Patterson's fault. Or, also, uh, Ben Van Sumeren should never see the field. He should actually leave the football team and start selling peanuts in the uh, uh, in the stands because if that's how he's going to play, knowing that he's so low down on the depth chart, he might as well, why even play? If you're going to give that amount of effort, that amount of focus, which is minimal, to this team effort, leave the team. Go ahead. And listen, Army didn't disguise shit. They let you know where they were coming, and you still couldn't block, and you fumbled the ball, and I don't think anybody even hit you other than your head hitting the backside of the offensive line. You did a Mark Sanchez is basically what you did. Uh, you're the third or fourth string running back. Thank you. Go go to the concession stand. I mean, I don't know any other way. Christian Turner, great runner, can't block for shit. Can't do it. So there's, other than Shea, we should never, so before I get into Shay, let, let me focus. I, I, I'm so focused on wanting to bag on Shay in a way that I need to focus. But, so Christian Turner should not be out there until he learns how to block. So, in my opinion, there's only two running backs that need to be out there. Obviously, the smack daddy, Zach Charbonnet. <laughs> As a true freshman... He is light years ahead of people who've been in the system for one to two years already. Light years ahead. That says a lot about who he is as a running back. And then two, True Wilson. Once that kid's healthy, because we know in that Middle Tennessee State game, who were the only two running backs that picked up blocks from, from blitzes? True Wilson and Zach Charbonnet. Both, well, True's a good runner. Zach Charbonnet's an exquisite runner he's a powerful runner he's going to be amazing so those are the only two that should be in there hopefully true wilson gets back in with this wisconsin game but all of this doesn't matter if shea patterson doesn't understand the offense if he doesn't understand the offense because you can see it on his face and you can also see it in the way he plays he's in his head about this playbook he's in his head about each play that he does i don't care if he's hurt or if he doesn't know the plays either way he is hurting michigan football and let's say okay let's just say he's hurt let's say he got hurt against middle tennessee state then it's coaching that is letting us down Jim Harbaugh, last time I checked, gets paid anywhere between seven to nine million dollars a year. I don't know the exact number because I didn't look it up, but I know it's between seven and nine million dollars a year. When you get paid seven to nine million dollars a year, you don't get paid to show loyalty to a fucking senior quarterback who does not understand the system in which you are installing. 
you don't get paid for that. You get paid for winning the Big Ten, beating Ohio State, and getting into the college football playoffs. Now, if you win a national title, that's fucking awesome. That is also kind of expected between 7 and $9 million, but let's not put the cart before the horse. Let's just win our division, win a Big Ten title, then get into the playoff. Then we'll start getting on him about winning a national title, okay? But what you don't get paid for is to show loyalty to a kid who is either hurt or does not understand the fucking playbook. And it's, depending on who you talk to, Shea's either 100% healthy, in Harbaugh's estimation, or he's hurt compared to what a fucking Gaddis said. Either way, we don't know what the fuck's going on with Patterson. All we know is, he sucks. That's it, plain and simple. He sucks. Everything we suffered in that game against Army is because Shea Patterson sucks. One 100%, that's how it goes. Uh, from everything you can ever listen to on, on national TV, podcasts, whatever, there have been plenty of times that Shea could have kept the ball and then ran, right? A lot of different, a lot of different plays because Army wasn't disguising shit. They were telling you, we're going to stand here and we're going to punch you in the fucking face because we don't believe Shea Patterson's ever going to run the ball. Shea Patterson is playing scared. Scared that he can't throw the long ball. Scared that he can't run. Scared that he's going to fumble. All of that. He is scared. So guess what? Okay, fine. Uh, what is Harbaugh doing? If he's really hurt, get him the fuck out of there. Put Dylan McCaffrey in. Also, the other answer is even let's say he's 100% healthy. He doesn't understand the he doesn't understand the offense. So then, why don't we get Dylan McCaffrey in there? My whole position is this. If Shea Patterson does not understand the offense at this point, and it took Joe Burrow over a year and an offseason to understand the playbook, then what are we doing keeping Shea Patterson in the starting lineup when he's a senior? Your job, Jim Harbaugh, isn't to get Shea Patterson into the fifth round of the NFL draft. It isn't. It's to win games. It's to win uh, against Ohio State. It's to win the Big Ten title. It's to win a Big Ten East Divisional fucking division championship or whatever you want to call it. Whatever it is, it's not your job to get Shea Patterson into the NFL. That's Shea Patterson's job. If Shea Patterson wasn't chipping out on the greens all fucking offseason trying to improve his game of golf, then maybe Shea Patterson would have understood the fucking playbook. That's all I'm saying. Get Dylan McCaffrey in there. So let's say we suffer a little bit of a setback while Dylan gets fully acclimated to this fucking playbook this whole season, right? I'd rather have that than than not and just struggle with Shea Patterson and let this be a replay of the 2017 season with John Stinkin' O'Corn, all right? That's all Shea Patterson looks like to me right now is John O'Corn, a guy who has happy feet who doesn't know what the fuck to do with the playbook. That's all I know. Because when when we needed big plays, Shea Patterson couldn't produce. So get him off the field. He's a senior. Let him back up Dylan McCaffrey just in case Dylan gets hurt because Dylan's still very slight figured. He's very He's not as big as he should be, like muscle-wise, and he's going to get hit a lot. Fuck that. Actually, put Shea Patterson into the third spot and let Joe Milton get some snaps. 
But whatever it is, I'd rather have a Dylan McCaffrey learn through this season and we deal with maybe a nine and three, ten and well, I mean a nine and four, ten and three season, whatever it is, and have some success and watch a young kid grow in the system and then be phenomenal by the time we hit next season, then watch Shea Patterson fumble his way into a record of eight and five. All right, I don't want to live through another 2017 season because Jim Harbaugh feels loyal to some dude who's not going to make it into the NFL. And here's another thing that irritates me. Why, why, oh, why are we, why, are, why do we need to be so easy on these kids is what I want to know. I love them. I'm a huge Michigan fan, and we've been fans when they were six and seven, Five and eight, whatever it was with Brady Hoke and that awful Rich Rod. We were there, right? And we're not supposed to be hard on these kids. Guess what? If you fuck up, we are the least of your problems. Let's say you, you're you playing this game at Michigan not because you want to become a doctor. It's not because you're hopeful in law. It's because you want to go to the NFL. Now, don't let the Zach Gentries of the world who complain and bitch and moan about, oh, they said mean things to me. They made me upset. I cried at night. Boo. Why don't they just understand I'm a kid? This whole idea that they're still kids, fuck off. You can use that excuse when they're in high school. High school, because they are still kids. When they get into college, they're men. They're playing in the minor leagues of the NFL right now. That's what they're doing. Because take that attitude of, oh, poor me, don't get mad at me because I didn't live up to the hype. Do that with the Oakland Raiders fan base and see if they don't throw beer at you. Okay, you're trying to make millions upon millions of dollars based off your performance in college. And you don't want to be criticized when you don't play right? Get the fuck out of here. What are you talking about? You're going to be rocket shipped to the, what, 1% of this, of the whole world. Of the whole world, you're going to be the 1% of people who make that kind of money. And you don't want to be criticized? Are you kidding me? If, in my profession, if I... In my two professions, if I push a plane late, I've got some middle management asshole coming up to me and criticizing everything I did, even though he never stepped onto the ramp to load a bag. So I get it when you don't feel somebody's qualified to tell you that you're doing your job wrong. I get it. But that doesn't change the fact that they still do it. All right. Also, if my jokes suck, audiences don't laugh. I don't get to tell them, but come on, I really tried. I tried hard. No, fuck you. Do your job because when you do your job right, you can get and make millions of dollars. And you still have to deal with criticizing. Then you just have to deal with even more scrutiny. So if you can't deal with the Michigan fan base telling you fucked up, good luck, sweetheart. You don't belong in the NFL then. Remember, Jerry Glanville said the NFL stands for not for long. And that should stand for all you little pussy-ass motherfuckers that can't deal with criticism. I know this this episode's called Get Off the Ledge, when it should really be called Adam Bitches About Everything. But still, even with all this being said, I don't think we're far off from being fantastic. I really don't. We didn't, uh, even though we didn't uh, 
focus on Nico Collins, which was being date raped by every fucking uh, DB that Army had. Uh, we should st we should treat him like I heard earlier today. We should treat him like Braylon Edwards. Throw the ball up and let that boy play the fucking game of football. That kid is the next Randy Moss. You don't handicap him by your quarterback being scared to do anything. All right. Shea sucks. He couldn't make the plays in the overtime to get his scores. He couldn't make the plays down the fucking field in the third and fourth quarter or even in the first or second. No matter what he did this year or this game against Army and Middle Tennessee State, he's not good enough. He's not good enough and he's wasting our talent. He's wasting the Nico Collins of the world. He is. I am irritated with Shea Patterson because he's like Devin Gardner when we wasted Devin Funchess. Devin Functions was a stud, an absolute athletic beast, and we let him waste away because our quarterback couldn't do shit. And maybe that's because we didn't have the offensive line to protect Devin Gardner, so maybe Devin Gardner's getting a bad rap by me. But either way, whatever it is, we wasted talent. I don't want to waste talent like we have been known to do. All right, I want us to perform on the level of an LSU, an Alabama, a, US, a USC. Uh, by the way, USC's quarterback, JT Daniels or JP Daniels, out for the season. Guess who comes in? Backup Slovis and fucking routes. Goddamn uh, Stanford. Looks phenomenal. 11 straight completions at one point. Dropping dimes like... Like over the head of defenders in the one spot that only a, a USC wide receiver can get to. Shea Patterson can't do that. Jim Harbaugh is responsible to one one thing only, and that is the glorification and the wins of Michigan fucking football. It's not to help promote Shea Patterson. I don't care what he's doing. Now, maybe Shea Patterson comes back, has a come-to-Jesus moment, and lays down in his bed through these sleepless nights of why I suck so bad, and realizes, has an epiphany of, wow, this is how all this works. Well, then God bless him. I'm willing to go ahead and let Shea Patterson have the first half of that Wisconsin game, because I am so... I am in so in love with our defense. Our defense is so good. It is young, and in my in my opinion, it is better. It is better than the defensive backfield we had last year. Vincent Gray's only going to get better. He's he's faster and he's more aggressive than what we've had in like Brandon Watson, slow ass himself. Uh, Brad Hawkins is a much better version of Terrell Kennel. That is another person who irritates me both of those got cut by nfl football teams by the way because just like i said in that one episode they're too slow they're too slow and i don't care if they are the nicest guys in the world and the nfl speed and knowledge count and those two have neither so we have brad hawkins better than terrell kennel Ty tyrell kennel whatever the fuck his name is better than him uh vincent gray is going to be amazing also ambry thomas you guys can say whatever you want to. He's going to be better than David Long. David Long, by the way, made the Los Angeles Rams. Good for him because he was quality. That kid was shut down. But in my opinion, Avery Thomas is going to be better. He's taller. He's faster. He is more athletic. And he, dude, he's just as shut down as David Long. Going to be better. Vincent Gray, when he gets the chance, is going to be better than LaVert Hill.
We have two of the best cornerbacks that we've ever had right now on our defense. Our, then when you put Dax Hill in there, we saw in that fake punt, that kid's got speed. I'm telling you, our defensive backfield is the best that it's probably ever been under Harbaugh. And then two, by the end of this season, I will stake my reputation on this, that Aiden, Hutch Aiden Hutchinson and Quiddy Pay are the are better as a tandem than Gary and Winovich. I know that sounds crazy, but when we needed big plays against big teams like Ohio State, Gary and Winovich didn't show up. A lot of people don't like Gary because they think he did he underperformed the whole time he was in Michigan. But I'll tell you something. You can't say that about Aiden Hutchinson. That kid's that kid showed up against Army. When we needed shut down uh Closed gap, getting the big tackle, fumbling the ball, doing whatever the hell we needed. Aiden Hutchinson showed the fuck up. He did. Quiddy Pay showed the fuck up. Poor Carlo Kemp got hit so many times below the knee in these fucking lame-ass cut blocks that this fucking army team does that he should be, he should have been carried off as a hero. Because I'll tell you, I didn't get very far in my football career toward ACL, by the way. But chop blocks suck. They hurt, and fucking Carlo's probably feeling it right now. He's probably a little bit slower today in practice because those cut blocks suck dick. But our defensive line is going to get better. With uh, I would don't be shocked if you see Mazzy Smith or Chris Hinton in the rotation of the defensive line going up against Wisconsin because we need beef in the middle of that lineup to stop Jonathan Taylor. I know they run a lot of off-tackle stuff, but, well, that getting too off-tackle and the people are going to stop that, let's talk about Josh Uche. That dude is a fucking stud, and that kid should be an every-down player. Yesterday, I mean, Saturday against Army had eight tackles. Eight. You know what he had all last season? 15. That's not including sacks. 15. This kid is improved. He's fast. He's smart. He diagnosed the pitch better than most out there. And he's phenomenal. If he can look that good against Army, and he only got better throughout the game, get him in every down. If he's in every down against Wisconsin, we're going to win this game. As long as we don't have uh, O'Corn 2.0 out there. If Shea Patterson's out there, we're going to struggle. We're going to absolute struggle because he can't do it. It's not in him. He doesn't have the killer instinct to do anything. He looks clueless. He truly is the fart in the elevator. I don't believe in him. I don't. I tried. I really tried, but he's not it. I have more faith in Dylan McCaffrey because I'll tell you something. In Army, you put Dylan McCaffrey in there and it's time for him to either hand off or pull. Guess what? That motherfucker's pulling and some of those plays would have been much different. Now, granted, we should have beat Army a lot easier than we did. I mean, that ref fucked us on the fumble for a touchdown. Uh, <laughs> obviously, if we, we would have scored on that first we would have scored on that first drive with the way we were moving if Fumbles didn't decide to lay it out on the carpet. And then also, if we would have gone for points instead of the fucking fourth down and two that we botched, we could have won this game a lot easier. A lot, a lot easier. Um, but our defense wasn't the problem, like I said. It's all Shea Patterson's fault and Harbaugh if he continues to stick with this guy. But I'm just telling you, it's not all lost. 
our running back situation isn't bad once True Wilson gets back because we have Charbonnet, who, by the way, was the Big Ten Player of the Week or Offensive Player of the Week. Charbonnet's a real deal, right? We still have Nico Collins, Tariq Black, and DPJ should be in there soon so we don't have to watch Ronnie Bell fumble all over the fucking place and not catch a goddamn ball. Granted, he did have a, a career best 8 for 71 or something and a touchdown, but there are so many other bad plays that I don't listen or look at all the good because I'm kind of negative in some areas. Um, but I'd rather have DPJ in there than Ronnie Bell. Good luck, whatever. We'll see you on specialty third down plays. Uh, we we have hope, man. Our offensive line is going to get better because Runyon will be back. Uh, but even still, getting those two fresh, getting those two new running, I mean, offensive tackles in there, Ryan Hayes and uh, Jalen uh, Mayfield, getting those guys hardcore game time only helps us in the long run. So even then, if you put running back at tackle and you alternate Mayfield and Hayes in at the other tackle, we're only getting better. That's a positive. Um, the game plan will get back to normal because we don't have to worry about if we go three and out, giving Army more time to fucking steal from us, that kind of shit. Even though I don't know if I necessarily agree with that excuse. I heard a lot of people were like, well, we started running the ball because we didn't want Army to have any time out on the offensive, uh, out there more the offensive than they should have. Well, guess what? If we have truly speed and space and we have better athletes, then we should score. We should be able to score against an Army defense that isn't as good as our offense. So if we're scoring touchdowns, who gives a shit if Army gets the ball? Because then that makes them have to speed their offense up. You know what I mean? We don't need to slow down to beat Army. We should have sped up and did what we do by throwing the ball to superior athletes. But the reason why they don't want to tell you, and that's the excuse to them, is that we decided to run a lot more to stop Army. Now, that's not true. What it is, they decided to run a lot more because they don't trust Shea Patterson. You don't see Clemson running all the time to help out Trevor Lawrence. They did the first game because Trevor Lawrence wasn't doing well. What did they do the second game? Trevor Lawrence rocked it out is what they did. Because they have faith that Trevor Lawrence can do it on a game-per-game game basis. And then because of that trust, defenses have to respect Trevor Lawrence. And then that's when the running game takes off. But if you don't respect Shea Patterson, you don't ever have to worry about our running game. Because all you have to do is focus on our running game. Shea Patterson sucks. Whatever reason he sucks, he sucks. If he's too much in his head, if he doesn't know the playbook, if he's scared, if he's just not that guy, whatever it is, he doesn't need to be playing anymore. We need to focus on the glorification of Michigan football, and that is winning games, right? Because I don't want to suffer through another 2017 where we could win games, but yet we're losing to teams we should beat. And the, all the reason why we lost those games, Ohio State. Tell me Ohio State. Go back and watch 2017 Ohio State game and watch John O'Corn overthrow wide-open wide receivers and then go back and watch the Shea Patterson game against Army and tell me they don't look an awful lot alike. 
Uh, John O'Corn didn't like to run, didn't know how to do that shit. Same with Shea Patterson. I don't know what the fuck Shea Patterson's doing, but I do not want to relive or relive history just because John, just because Jim Harbaugh's scared to bench somebody he likes. You don't get pay, pay me nine million dollars a year, and I'll go in there and I'll kick everybody else off the fucking team. Cause guess what? I want Michigan to be good, and I understand that fucking getting paid that kind of money means big fucking big man decisions. So getting off the ledge and ranting at the same time, all I'm saying is we're not that far off if Jim Harbaugh can grab his two balls that he knows are down there because the man's been in NFC Championship games. He's been in the Super Bowl. This guy's been there, but he's scared. He's scared to fucking bench Shea Patterson. You did it to Alex Smith, motherfucker, for fucking uh, Kaepernick. Get get old time fucking Jim Harbaugh back out there and bench Shea Patterson. Be a real coach. Get rid of this guy and put in Dylan. I don't care if it's Dylan McCaffrey, if it's Joe Milton, if it's Cade McNamara. Get a motherfucker in there that can learn the offense and perform at a high level. Shea's not doing it. Shea will be the downfall of this team if we don't do something. And I don't care if they all fucking hate me for it. Because this is the truth. I'm not here to hug up on Shea Patterson and tell him how great he is. That's his Nana's job. That's his mother's job. We are in the business of football. That's what Jim Harbaugh should be thinking in his fucking head. Instead of how can I get Shea Patterson into the NFL. So plain and simple. If we make good moves. And... I'm willing to say Shea Patterson should go ahead and play the first half against Wisconsin. But if that motherfucker fumbles on the first goddamn on the first goddamn drive, I never want to see Shea Patterson again. And if Jim Harbaugh doesn't replace him, then we should really think about getting a real coach who's going to make real decisions. Because I'm sure that Michigan doesn't want to waste seven to nine million dollars on a guy who's wishy-washy and acts like a punk. And I love Jim Harbaugh. I love him. I absolutely adore this man, and I want the absolute best for him. But if he's going to do stupid shit like this, then what are we doing? We're spinning our wheels in the mud. We can't do that. All the problems we've had in the last two weeks, even though I think we were, uh, we got way too much criticism for that one against Middle Tennessee State, but the problems we have all boil down to Shea Patterson doesn't know the offense and doesn't know how to work it. That's all it is. And don't you guys ever throw in my face about uh, Ruddick. Yeah, we needed that kid, Jake Ruddick, to fucking learn the offense because we had nobody else. We had nobody else in that quarterback room. So Ruddick was our only chance to ever have a good quarterback. And that kid fucking learned and actually started doing well <laughs> the rest of the season. But guess what? No one expected Michigan to be 10-3 and that year. Nobody. We have expectation now. We have talent now. Right? So... Shea Patterson doesn't get a pass. You want to be in the NFL, Shea Patterson? Then nut up and show me in the first half against Wisconsin that you deserve to be the quarterback of the fucking Michigan Wolverines. This isn't just a position that is bestowed upon you because you just showed up. All right, so this is it. That's how I feel. If we replace Shea Patterson or Shea Patterson actually wakes the fuck up and does something, guess what? We're going to rock Wisconsin. They haven't played anybody. Oh, Central Michigan? You mean the Central Michigan that won two games last year? 
Oh, that's Central Michigan? Oh, shocker. I can guarantee you Wisconsin would not have looked as good against Army as they did against Central Michigan. Guarantee it. Just that the fact that Army had the second longest winning streak uh, next to Clemson. And, oh, yeah, uh, Central Michigan had two wins. And then well, who's the other fucking team they played? Fucking the Bulls of South Florida? Fuck off. They suck, too. So, I mean, come on, man. If we're if that's what we're building Wisconsin up to be, I know they put over a hundred points on those two teams, but anybody could have at that point. They suck. So this is going to be Wisconsin's first real test. I guarantee you, their fucking quarterback ain't putting up four hundred yards against our defense. Ain't doing it. And if we can make Wisconsin one-dimensional, they're still fantastic one-dimensional with Jonathan Taylor and that offensive line. They're phenomenal. But they were one-dimensional last year, and we won 38-13, 38-14, something like that, in convincing fashion. All right? Now, if Shea comes back and plays like he did in that Wisconsin game, then I'll be happy. I don't think that's going to be the case. I think we're seeing the real Shea Patterson here, and I'm not happy with it. So... I don't know what we're going to do, but I'll tell you, the the future is bright if Harbaugh does the right thing. And that is limit Shea Patterson in that first quarter or first half. And if he makes one fuck up, we never hear of Shea Patterson again. He's over in concessions helping Ben Van and sell peanuts. That's what I'm hoping for. All right, guys. So, like I said, it is great to be a Michigan Wolverine. I know I was a little down on that last week. But it is great to be a Michigan Wolverine. And always and forever, guys, go blue. The podcast you just heard was made using Anchor. Ever thought about making your own podcast? Anchor makes it really easy for anyone to get started. It's a one-stop shop for recording, hosting, and distributing podcasts. Best of all, it's 100% free. Sign up now at anchor.fm slash new. That's anchor.fm slash new to get started.